It's so funny, this is episode 15 of this podcast and already my ego is starting to to creep in again. I just posted a few days ago the one about the COVID vaccine and it has 40 plays now, which is the most play I have for any of the episodes. And I've got like over 100 plays and and I feel like it's good. I feel like it's good. I'm enjoying what I'm putting out. I'm enjoying it when I listen back to it. And I've got a lot of positive feedback from it so far, which which is awesome. And I believe in it too. And I'm excited to see where doing this gets me. And yeah, I, I hope to I hope to grow an audience. I hope to speak to people around the world. I hope to inspire you. I hope to be able to go on stage and talk about things like this. I hope to, you know, change and influence people's lives. I I've, I would love to do that. And this is something I've, I've wished to do for a long time. And I feel like I'm finally starting to do it. And it feels like it, it's going to happen. It's just going to take time. But my ego already is starting to get a bit cocky. It's starting to get a bit, <laughs> a bit like, oh, well, yes, literally, literally thoughts like this, like, oh, well, you're doing so well already. You're doing so well already. Oh, you need to make sure every episode is as good as possible. And you couldn't possibly put out something bad or, or mediocre or not 100% quality. Let's break that down, shall we? Doing so well already. I've, I've put 15, 14 episodes out. Most of them have got three or four plays. Like, that's not... <laughs> I wouldn't say that's groundbreaking. You know, it's, it's not really life-changing yet. We're, we're, not, we're not big, known around the world. People stop me in the middle of the street asking for autographs and photos level. Nothing. But for some reason, my ego like saw this little bit of, of success and I'm thinking now about how to advertise it. I'm thinking about how to um, uh, maybe start an Instagram profile and promote this online and things. And even as I'm saying this to you right now, dear listener, my ego is saying, perhaps correctly, perhaps it's saying, listeners don't want to hear this. This isn't valuable to them. We're just talking about how you're going <laughs> to promote the thing that you're talking about. Um, but one of the reasons I wanted to start doing this was to document my life, number one. And another thing, another reason, I thing that I believe is from Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. And, you know, he says that, and same with Grant Cardone, you need to put out a lot of stuff. You need to put out a lot of content. And I've, I've actually thought too that this podcast is, is a bit like making music, making an album. Because when you, when you buy an album of music, pretty often there's two or three, maybe five songs on there that you like out of 10, 15, 20 more songs. And, and the other ones, I always listen to and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like the ones you listen to and you're like, I'm never going to listen to that again. Or you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But you, you just know it's not as good. And I'm already looking back on some of my older uh, post and I've kind of forgotten about them. I've been like, oh yeah, that wasn't that great or whatever. But I, I believe that I'm going to have to go through some shit in order to get to the golden ones or the ones, you know, that maybe go a bit viral. Uh, for example, the COVID vaccine one has got like by far the most, the most plays. And yeah, it's funny how your ego can like easily just find a way to fuck you up even if like I'm not actually that successful, like I haven't even got like a thousand views, not even, it says my estimated audience is nine people right now. But 
it's, it's funny because I know that this is going to happen again. Like I, I'm noticing it here and I'm pushing through it by putting this podcast out. I'm putting this out now. And actually, as I'm speaking to you, I'm not even sure, is this valuable? Do you find this interesting? Have I just lost everyone who's listening right now? But I know that like to get to the good stuff, to get to 100 podcast episodes, 200 podcast episodes, one and a half thousand podcast episodes like Joe Rogan, you just have to keep fucking putting it out. And just because I am not at 100% doesn't mean that it's bad. Like, five out of 10 is better than zero out of 10. And by doing more five out of 10s, boom, 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 I'm gonna hit more 10 out of 10s as well. And it's cool to be experiencing this now because I know I'm gonna experience it more in future. You know, if I'm getting a thousand plays for every episode, then then yeah, maybe maybe I'll be like, oh, I don't want to put something out that isn't going to get a lot of clicks or oh, that people might not like. And, and yeah, it's really cool to be doing this because I haven't had this feeling for a long time or perhaps ever because I know I'm putting stuff out there and I know, I, I feel like I believe in it and I want to share it around the world and to put my voice out there. And so, yeah, I'm excited to start promoting it. I'm excited to maybe start an Instagram account and run like Instagram growth tactics or something and maybe pay for Facebook marketing and stuff for people to listen. And yeah, just, um, this is a cool, exciting side project, but it's also scary in that I'm putting myself out there. There's definitely going to come some hate at me from this. Um, maybe I'll even lose some friends uh, along the way and whatnot, but I'm sure it's going to lead to many more positive benefits than negatives. So yeah, your ego can really take control and fuck you up in many different ways. This is how it's been doing it for me recently. I'm going through a really intense period uh, of my life right now, which is that with my girlfriend, we're actually switching from a closed monogamous relationship. Monogamous means mono one, like a monobrow, and gamus, I think, comes from am. Yeah, like amor, uh, amor, which means love. So one love. And uh, that's just like a standard relationship, boy and girl, or whatever actually nowadays. And, you know, you, you don't date or sleep with anyone else, and that's it. But I've been interested in polyamory and open relationships for for a while now. And one of my patterns was... I'd say, yeah, I'm going to be free and do polyamory. And then I would date a couple of girls and then I would like one of them and then I would get into a relationship with them. And this was a pattern for me and it was lovely. And I think I've learned a lot from that. I don't regret that at all. And the girls I dated were incredible. And, but I knew that I did want to do polyamory at some point. And with my current girlfriend, we, I said at the start of the relationship that I intended to do this and I wanted to do this and that that was my old pattern and I didn't want to repeat it again. But I, if she was keen to start the relationship with that, you know, idea intact that we, I am going to do polyamory, um, then yeah, let's do it. And she was. So we did. And We've been together about a year now. We haven't had too many opportunities to be polyamorous. Uh, But recently in the hotel we're staying in, this couple arrived and they actually are already polyamorous. And they 
have been practicing for a little less than a year. They've both had a few dates each and they've both had sex with other people. And so these guys are, are a few steps ahead of where we are, which is exciting. And it really brought this idea of polyamory between me and my girlfriend right to the forefront of our relationship again and fucking shoved it in our faces. And so, so, so many emotions have come up. Uh, for example, my girlfriend felt uh, a, lot, a lot of jealousy towards, towards the girl and towards how me, me and her were, were interacting because we got on very well. And it's just been really intense. And there's been a lot of tears, there have been a lot of emotional conversations. And yeah, it's just been it's just been difficult. It's just been difficult for the last like week and a half. And she's been crying last week, and then I've been crying a lot this week. And yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, it's been difficult. I've actually just finished um, another conversation with uh, my amazing girlfriend. And yeah, well, we both, we both cried again uh, about it. And it's been difficult. I um, wanted to do this no, no coming thing with sex, but I found that so difficult. And I think a lesson here is that in these, in these tougher times in life, it can, it's much harder to sustain habits. Especially if you're trying to implement a brand new habit, it can just be, especially if that habit is, is difficult and strenuous, it's so hard to implement that if you're also going through a difficult and strenuous period in your life. I guess the caveat for that is if everything in your life is difficult and strenuous and you don't have any good habits, then unlucky, you're just going to have to start building a good habit and that will actually help your life get less difficult and less strenuous. But sometimes if you already have a pretty great life and you're just going through a difficult and stressful period, then I actually think I, w I was fighting against it for so long. I was fighting against this. I shouldn't be coming. Oh, but then I kept on coming. Um, uh, see my other podcasts on masturbation and two weeks of not coming. Uh, if you have, if you're like, why the fuck am I talking about this? Um, and I'd failed so many times. I'd come so many times and just thought, oh, fuck it. You know what? Sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer have been for the last few months. Um, as I've got deeper and deeper into meditation, it was inspired by this book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Zinger, which is incredible. It's basically the story of this man, Michael. It's a true story of how he goes to live in the woods and he just wants to meditate all the time. And he spends a couple of years meditating in the woods, but then loads of stuff starts to happen. And he actually then founds uh, WebMD, which is a company that still exists to this day. And he founds this like public company and, and whatnot, and has like two and a half thousand employees and eventually buys lots of land around, uh, his farm and things. Really, really, really inspirational story. And the whole idea, the whole reason it all happened was because he said, I'm just going to surrender to the universe and surrender to whatever comes to me. And I felt like when I was doing this no come challenge, it was so difficult for me and it wasn't really bringing me any pleasure. And I, I felt like I was really fighting against the tide so much, especially with all this other emotional stuff going on. So I decided 
to stop doing it for the time being and just relax and see how that goes. And I've only been doing that. I made that decision yesterday, but I've already, I've already felt a lot lighter. So if you are going through a really stressful situation, it can be okay, you know, to, to not do some of the like extra habits, I think. I mean, I'm still doing an hour a day meditation. I'm still exercising. I'm still sleeping enough. I'm not like smoking loads of weed and drinking loads of booze to um, to numb my pain, but I am doing things like watching more stand-up comedy or or going for a walk and not listening to an intellectual audio book, but listening to something funny or more lighthearted to try and cheer me up. These are things that I go to. I feel like they are in part covering up pain and making me like feel better but i think they don't have many like they don't have like negative side effects for me at least where like uh going and getting absolutely wasted to try and numb the pain i mean we all know that that is can be very effective but isn't a good long-term solution and isn't really healthy one thing i've also done is on my days off I want to be really, really, really fucking lazy. And I found, I think I I spoke about this in in an episode called How to Relax. I think it's episode number eight. And the idea is finding things that are relaxing that also give you energy. So in the past, I would, I've literally spent entire days like lying in bed, flick, watching YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video, then maybe watching a porn video, then YouTube, 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 and just repeating that for literally the whole day, like eight hours, 10 hours. And even while I was doing it, I didn't even feel good. Like it's, you're in that, it's, it's like when you're fucking scrolling through Facebook, scrolling through Instagram, and you're kind of addicted and you're drawn in and it, you, you're not really enjoying it, but you're just doing it anyway. And situations where you feel like that, that is a negative habit. But I've, I've worked hard to cultivate positive habits, for example, meditation. But I also have been turning to on these days off, I've been turning to, uh, I watch Rick and Morty on Netflix, just to, just to be super lazy, reading books, reading books for me is the, is the absolute top one. But yeah, it's finding something and and making and doing more of those things that make you feel relaxed. So I've I've even cut down on my meditation time uh, on my days off because I found that I was just like, oh, I'm spending so much time meditating. I want to do more reading. So that's a little thing. On another note, something I noticed today was that I woke up and my girlfriend woke up about eight. And then she got up and I felt so tired. And I was just drawn deep back into sleep and couldn't really fight it off. And then I woke up about an hour earlier. And the first thing I thought when I woke up was, fuck, it's too late. It's too late. And I, gosh, it's really not coming today. It's funny, I started this podcast, I wanted to try and force it or bring something out, but my head, I think it's that, it's that intense emotional like crying that I've just been doing for the last half an hour with my girlfriend. It's really made me very foggy and I can even tell as I'm saying this, it doesn't feel, 
it's not as as sharp or as witty or coming out as much as I wanted it to be. But hey, here we go. This is where we're at. So I woke up and the first thing I thought was, fuck, it's too late. And it was the first time I've noticed it. There's probably loads of things that you do. They happen in your mind all the time. And there are these like negative little pushes to your brain that say, oh, you're not doing something right or you didn't do this well enough. And you won't be aware of them. But now that I've told you that you're not aware of them, you might have that thought in your head a little bit more and you might be able to, and you, and you will start spotting them uh, more and more as they happen throughout the day. So I spotted this one this morning. It was fucking great because I realized this is linked to my uh, revelation I had the other day about money, which I talked about in the uh, Money Mindset podcast, episode 13. And in that podcast, I talked about how I had this realization that I didn't think money was going to keep coming to me. And I thought that I would earn a bit and then I would go through periods where I don't have anything and I'd have to save and then I would earn some and then go have to save. And I said I didn't want to live like that anymore. I wanted to live my life where I'm constantly getting money all the time, every single week. I'm loving what I'm doing and there's just more and more and more and more money coming in. And that has actually been going really, really well since I had that realization. And every time I've thought about money now, I've definitely noticed my old habit be there and be like, oh, that's not enough. Or so, for example, I was in like minus 850 pounds in my overdraft and I got paid $17,000. And I thought, yes, oh my God, this is so great. $17,000. Awesome. That's going to take me well out of my overdraft. But it was only 1,200 pounds. Even less than that, I think, because of PayPal fees and stuff. So I'm only like, I only got to like plus 300. And I thought, fuck, that's not a lot. What? Um, and so that thought, boom, came into my head again. I was like, now I don't have much money in my account. But then I stopped myself and was like, wait, no. Awesome. I'm out of my overdraft. That's great. Really? Yeah. Awesome. And you know what? More money's coming in and that's going to take me even further out of my overdraft. And then more money's going to keep coming in. It's just going to keep piling up and piling up. And I rewire myself and I force myself to be, to say, wait, no, I'm in a different, different reality now. More money's coming in. This is great. Boom. Out of my overdraft. Awesome. So grateful for this money coming in. <coughs> um, and this also can be linked to time. So I woke up this morning and thought, fuck, I don't have enough time. Oh, I'm not going to get anything done today that I wanted to, or I'm not going to get enough done today that I wanted to. And my first thought was, oh, maybe I shouldn't work out. Oh, second thought, maybe I shouldn't work out. Oh, then I, then I can save some time. And then I thought, wait, what is this just nonsense going on in my head? What is this? Uh, and I said, no, doing a workout is going to be great for my body. It doesn't take that long if you do freeletics. It takes me like 20 minutes. Really good for me. It's going to give me energy and help me focus for the rest of the day. Uh, definitely should be doing that. So I had a fucking awesome morning routine. Did a great workout, nice cold shower, cooked breakfast for like an hour and started listening to this awesome, oh my God, amazing new book called AI Superpowers. And it's about... Uh, 
It's basically about China and how much they're investing in AI and how they're just going to fucking change the world. And it's really explaining what the Chinese economy is like. I had no idea, but it's so, so, so different to the US and the Western world. And the guy writing the book is basically going to say like China's, China's going to take over the world. Like they're super efficient now. They got so much AI funding. They have so much data, which is really important for machine learning and artificial intelligence models. And it's just super cool. I would really recommend it if you're interested in that space. But yeah, it was just blowing my mind all morning. Then again, before I sat down to meditate, I was like, oh, I should get to work now. Oh, it's already 12. Uh, but no, I sat down, I did my hour of meditation, and if any of those thoughts came up, I just let them flow, let them flow, let them flow, and just release them. And then, finally, about 1.30, I sit down at my laptop, and I get to it. And then I have just the fucking awesome afternoon. I was 100% ultra-hyper-fucking-focused in, and was just gobbling up everything in front of me. I am a machine learning engineer, build artificially intelligent machines. That's why I'm reading that book. And <clears throat> I am learning this new framework. So there's two main frameworks or libraries, like code libraries that you have to learn. One is made by Google uh, called TensorFlow and the other is made by Facebook, which is called PyTorch. And I already know the one made by Google. Uh, but my mentor said it would be useful for me to learn the one made by Facebook. So I've just been doing that all day, learning that. And it was so great. I was so into it. I love learning this stuff and kind of figuring out and putting everything together, like building blocks and making it all work. And it was just such, such, such an awesome day. Then three hours later, just boom, come out, have some lunch. Uh, listen to AI superpowers more. Walking around just blowing my mind. Like, for example... Um, what, what's a good thing I could tell you now about it? Uh, so in China, it's a, in Silicon Valley in the US, copying is really, really frowned upon. So if you come up with this like really innovative idea, uh, no business is going to copy it from you. That's really considered immoral there. Uh, and you would probably actually get like get sued and the government would like force you to start working. But in China, that's not the case at all. As we as we all know, Everything's fucking made in China, all physical goods. And you can get knockoffs for everything too. You can get fakes of whatever you want in China. And they also did that with businesses too. So they, like, there was this one guy, I can't remember his name, he's got a Chinese name, and I found it really difficult to remember them. Um, but I think it's Wang Fei. Uh, I'm probably butchering that though. And he. His first business, he dropped out of school, of uh, university, to make, like, Chinese Facebook. Oh, Friendster, actually, the one before Facebook. And he just literally copied it, pixel for pixel, and then it flunked. And then Facebook came out, and he literally copied that pixel for pixel, the same colors and everything, and that took off. And he actually made some money and sold it, And then, but he didn't have enough money to fund it. So then a few years later, he makes, he copies Groupon, but he gives it a better name now, and he's learned from his days of like copying 100%. But there's actually a part of the book he talks about the, the Groupon Wars, which is that in China there were about 5,000, no joke, 5,000 companies all running the exact same business model as Groupon, which is that you give um, basically like a bulk sale of 
uh, vouchers to like restaurants, for example, and then they get like bulk sales and then the customers get discounted prices. So it's just like a win-win for everyone, but it only works, you know, if they say we have a thousand of these um, and if all thousand are purchased, then, you know, you'll all get the discount. And yeah, 5,000 of them and they all have to compete. And obviously you think like, oh, well, how, how can they compete? Well, one way they're going to compete is on price, but that's just a race to the bottom. That's just, if you need to have more money to outlast the, outlast the competitors and so many people are just going to die that way because they're going to lose on price. But this guy, we'll call him Wang Fei, he, he knew that he can compete on price to some extent, but it's just, it's a losing battle long-term. How, so you need to iterate in other ways. You need to iterate on product quality. You need to iterate in relationships. You need to iterate in, you know, an, an awesome uh, customer service. So he iterated in those ways. And then he actually got to a stage where he was able to, to grow it. And then he kind of went into all these different areas and became not just Groupon, but also I think you can like, like it's like uber eats and you can also like book a doctor's appointment on it and all this crazy shit and it's now actually the fourth most valuable startup in the world worth 30 billion dollars so fucking crazy another really interesting thing whilst we're on the topic is um how Chinese people and Western people, they interact with websites in a completely different way. So when we go on a website like Google and we type in a search result, we look mainly in the top left corner and we click maybe on the first two links. But in China, they do not work like that at all. They will um, look all over the page, not just the top left, but all over. They'll scroll up and down and then they will also look at all the links and they'll click on the vast majority of them because they view it as if they're like tasting options. We view it in the West when we go on Google as like, if you click on one thing, we're looking to get the answer. But in China, they're looking to sample a range of different options. And yeah, so Chinese Google, for example, that one of the most successful search engines there, I should say, is uh, when you click on a link, it opens in a new window because Chinese people, they want, they want to sample all these different things. Whereas on Google, if you click on a link, it takes you right there. It doesn't open a new window or even a new tab. So that was really cool. It, I love listening. It's, oh God, listening to new exciting books. I really felt like I've been missing a story in my life. And uh, for some reason, I was drawn to this book and I love like non-fiction books that tell a story. It's so amazing to see this kind of completely different world in China and how like some of their apps have 500 million users. That's like more than the entirety of the US. Like there's 300 million people in the US or some of their apps have more users than the entire population of the US and Europe combined. It's just insane. And it's a very, just such a different culture there. And uh, it seems like they've really caught up. And that the, there's a big chance that like, the author paints the picture that America has kind of got a bit cocky at the top and is a bit sluggish and that China's really gonna, gonna overtake. And yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting next few, well, <laughs> few years, that's for sure. But yeah, love listening to stories and having a good book, a new good book on the go almost always gets me excited. So yeah, I did that. <laughs>
and then uh, came back to work and then, oh no, I had a nap. Oh my God, such a delicious, wonderful afternoon nap. And then boom, back at work for another two, maybe three hours, I can't remember now. And again, just fully ultra hyper zoned in and just cranking it out. And the day turned out perfectly. Had a meal, me and my girlfriend cooked a meal this evening and then we had that emotional talk and it's just been and now i'm recording this podcast and i have enough time for everything and that initial moment of waking up and saying fuck i don't have enough time is just total bullshit and i think things like this where you're like i don't have enough this blah blah, blah. i don't have enough like i hate these thoughts and i just don't think they're helpful I think I wanna, I wanna think I have enough time. Of course I have enough time. I have more than enough time to do absolutely everything I need. I have all the energy I need. Like this is such a more empowering idea and a much more empowering belief. And it's gonna help you more if you, if you take on these beliefs. As I'm saying these things, I've noticed in this particular episode, I'm saying these things and I've been in some lower places this, this last week and well, you just don't fucking want to do anything. And you're like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck about my work. I just feel sad. Or I just I just don't want to feel sad anymore. And yeah, that fucking sucks. And I can hear now, even as I'm saying these things, like they all sound nice, but I'm not sure they would inspire many to, to change. The way I'm saying it now, it sounds so easy, but actually put it into practice is, is the difficult thing. Actually like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and saying, yeah, I'm gonna make this change is difficult. But as I demonstrated with the, the no coming thing, like I did it for two weeks and thought it was great. And now like this last week and a half, I haven't been able to do it really at all. And it's been a fucking nightmare. And it's okay to have these ups and downs. It's okay, for example, to, to have a good week and then have a bad week. It's okay to have a good few days and then a bad few days. But I think con- being aware of where you want to get to, being aware of this problem and the benefits it's, co- the benefits it's giving you by stopping it, that I think these are just the first steps. These are the little steps that are just going to add up. And if you're constantly reminding yourself of these, you will they'll add up. And in the long term, you have a better life. I think that's a nice place to end. (sighs) Thank you for listening. See you in the next one.